Hosanna, a fellowship of Christians. Good morning to everybody online, but uh, thanks for joining us today with worship. And uh, before we get into the next song, I had written some things down, which I'm trying to get to on my phone. And I have to put my reading glasses on. This is what happens. And you also wear hats when you get older, so. All right, so. People a lot of times think of revival as a series of meetings in a tent. We think, yo, someone's having a revival, they're gonna put up a tent and go out and sing songs and, you know, pastor's gonna get up there and scream and holler and you go home crying. <laughs> you know, a lot of times that's what people think happens back in the old days, you know, the, you know, you got scolded and, you know, this is the way it is, but it's not that. Revival is a state of the heart that's awakened to who God is and his kingdom. That is what revival is. And that is what we do, even if we have a tent outside. That's, that's what we're doing in revival. We're reviving our hearts. Now, revive is the translation of a Hebrew word, which please don't shoot me if I say it wrong. It's either Cheya or Chaya. I can't remember. I think it's Cheya. Yeah, which means to live. How do you say it? Is it right? Oh, so kaya. So it means ch is a k sound. I was just told. So so it's kaya, which means to live in Hebrew, cause to live. The use of restoration to life. They say that in Genesis forty-five, verse twenty-seven, Judges fifteen and nineteen, of rebuilding. They talk about rebuilding in, the, in uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, uh, verse 2, of resu- res- restoration to well-being, Psalms 85, verse 6. And then in Psalms, you know, uh, chapter 138, verse 7, Isaiah 57, 15, and it goes on and on. And then in Hosea uh, 6, 2, and 14, and 7, of Yahweh's gracious work for his people. So there's plenty of times in the Bible we talk about being re- revived or revival. So this next song, if you can you know, stand uh, as we sing this, it'd be great. If not, just, just have that heart of restoration, that heart of revival today as we continue in worship. can do, oh God of wonders, your power has no end, the things you've done before in greater measure, you will do again, there's no prison walls you can't break through, mountain you can't move or things are possible there's no broken body you can't raise no soul that you can't save or things are possible darkest light you can light it up 
Amen, church. Search the world, it couldn't feel me. Man's empty praise, treasure the feet, but never enough.
Just sing that again. Oh, there's nothing. before we get into to the word today. And remember, he is the same God no matter what position that you're in, whether you're sad, you're happy, you're overjoyed, he's the same God. So just take that to heart as we, as we end worship today. Calling on the God of Mary 
heard the children then you hear your children now you are the same god you are the same god you answered prayers back then and you will answer now you are the same god you are the same god you were providing then you are providing now you are the same god you are the same god you moved in power then god moved in power now you are the same god you are the same god you were a healer then you are the healer now you
October 28th from 8 to 2. We offer this as a community outreach to support local artisans and small businesses. And last year, if you had the good fortune of stopping here or being one of the artisans, it's a really fun time. It was just packed in here with vendors and um, people buying and supporting local artists. So um, we open up the registration for the Holiday Bazaar to Hosanna folks first. So if you would like to be a vendor, if you have any arts, crafts, goods, items, books, um, things you might like to, to sell at the bazaar, please sign up at the Welcome Center because six months will be here before you know it. Um, so please do that. Also, finally, this morning, a, a week or so ago, Deb announced that uh, Harry Dangle, our, our friend and our former staff assistant, had, has passed on recently. Next Saturday, April 22nd, uh, at 10 a.m. here at Hosanna, we will be having a memorial service for her. And it'll be an informal time of sharing stories and memories, and all are welcome. So we invite you to come and join us as we celebrate the, um, the wonderful life of Harriet next Saturday. And with that, <coughs> Jane and Tony. <clears throat> Morning. Morning. Oh, this would help to turn this on, right? Um, we missed something. Usually when another church is mentioned here at Hosanna because we're one church, we clap because we want to clap. All right, so First Reformed Church in Lancaster was mentioned. So yay. Yeah. Hope God's blessing them richly this morning. All right, and always. All right, well, here's a, here's a story. There's many versions of this story. I've heard quite a few, but the version of this story, this version of the story goes like this. European missionaries serving in Africa a century ago hired local villagers as porters to help carry their supplies to a, a distant station. The porters were, were going at a slower pace than the missionaries wanted them to. So after the first two days, they pushed them faster. They wanted them to just go faster. On day three of, of this journey, the group went twice as fast as they did on day two. Around the campfire that evening, the missionaries were kind of congratulating themselves for their leadership abilities, how, how they got these people to move faster. But on day four, the workers would not budge. <laughs> What's wrong, asked the missionary. We cannot go any further today, said the, the villager's spokesperson. Why not? Everyone appears well. <laughs> yes, said the African. But we went so quickly over these past days that we must wait here for our souls to catch up with us. <laughs> Hurry sickness. Sumant Kid says that we, our culture suffers from hurry sickness, right? Well, we've also covered a lot of ground so far this year in, in our teaching series and in our sermons. Isn't that true? In our theme of one, we, we have covered a lot of territory already. It's only the first quarter. So we're taking a break this week so that our souls can catch up with us a bit. And I think just as importantly, also so we can catch up with each other because we want to be on the journey together and we need times when we're able to listen to each other and learn from each other. So we're going to do that this morning. Before we do though, we're gonna, Tony and I spent more, five times more time putting together a, a, just a brief 
uh, look back at the journey so far than it's going to take to give it to you. So we just want to remember how far we've traveled together so far. And part of the reason for that, before we start that review, is that the story we've told so far this year is deeply biblical. I'm, hope, I'm hoping you hear that, how deeply we go into scriptures mm-hmm. in order to bring it to you. But in some places, it's, it's different than the way we may have heard the story before. Yeah. Um, there is some richness and some goodness in this story, if we look closely enough, that doesn't often get told. And so that's one reason. And it's been like the big narrative of, of, of scripture is what we've been telling. Mm-hmm. And uh, we want to make sure we get it right. Yep. And so, listen, so we, that's why we agonized over these words. If we can only give it to, give it to you in only five minutes, right. what would be the way to say this? Right. Uh, so it doesn't just sound like same old, same old. Yes. In the beginning, God. God, who was singular, one, yet also plural, many. As Christians, we recognize that God is one, and mysteriously, God is also Trinity, a three-in-one community of love. Because God is love. Mm -hmm. And for love to genuinely exist, love needs beloveds. Beloveds other than itself in order Mm -hmm. to love. So God created something other than God's self. And God did so by love, in love, and for love. God created an ordered, interconnected universe. And within it, this planet on which humanity was created in God's own likeness and image as a two-in-one community of love, a reflection, likeness and image of the three-in-one community of love. And that two-in-one community of love was created to share loving relationship with God and with each other and with all of creation. And God said all of this was mad tov. I still haven't, I'm trying to align my pronunciation with Tony's, but it was all mead tov, very good. And it was just that for a time. But the story took a sharp turn in another direction when not tov entered through the temptation and unfortunate choice of the man and woman. Who took hold of the only thing that God had held back from them Mm -hmm. in love the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That choice opened the door to the disordering consequences of sin, capital S, which is, you know, we clearly saw involved more than just outward behavior. That sins, little s, plural. No, sin is more than simply our outward behaviors. It is at its root ours and their willful refusal to love and be loved as God loved. And to use my favorite image mm-hmm. so far this spring, like ripples on a pond, these disordering consequences began spreading sin, separation, and fragmentation, generation after generation, mm-hmm. which is what the remainder of the Old Testament illustrates for us. But God... Right? But God continued to be present in the human story, giving promises and glimpses, hope and encouragement of the redemption and the restoration to come. And then, when the fullness of time had come, God did a new and utterly unexpected thing. God became human in Jesus. 
something that had never been before, divinity and humanity joined together as one. God became one with us in our humanity and began the work of reordering what sin had disordered and restoring God's original creation design for humanity and for all creation. And this was the good news that he proclaimed at the beginning of his ministry. Mm-hmm. That he was the fulfillment of that promise that was made long ago to Eve. The fulfillment of the promise that was hinted at in Jubilee. Yep. And the promise that was foreseen with anticipation by the prophets. This was the good news of the kingdom of God. Which is the good news of the marriage of heaven and earth. On earth as it is in heaven. Which Jesus not only proclaimed, he did. But he didn't only speak it, he was it. He embodied it. And, this hap- and it was embodied through not only his message, but his miracles. And through the mystery of his suffering and death on the cross, which was by us yep. and with us and for us. And then through the mystery of his resurrection, which we celebrated last week. Again, God does everything, and the Father raised him by love, in love, and for love. To initiate the new creation, new creation, in which everything that sin had disordered would be restored. The power of death would be undone, and our favorite word this year, tov, tov, (laughs) would ripple out to the very ends of the earth. For everyone. Which means that everyone now has the same choice. Yep. To remain dead in sin's disorder or to live freely and fully in Christ's resurrection. And didn't, I, I, I'm proud of us. <laughs> we did get the big picture of the big story. And we're going to continue to explore that story and the rad- radical implications of it throughout the rest of this year. But today, as we said, we're stopping on the journey here, maybe around a campfire. That would be great. Make some marshmallows. Um, Why? To let our souls catch up just a bit and to share together some of what we've been learning and experiencing together along the way. I think some folks are wondering why we can't summarize like this most Sundays. I know. (laughs) Because it's all about the story. We need the details. So your invitation today, we're almost done talking, uh, at least what we prepared to talk about. Your invitation today on this Q&A Sunday mm-hmm. is to offer any insights you have had, any light bulb moments along the way mm-hmm. as you've engaged the story, something that, has, that has, you've realized that has come to your attention that could be encouraging to others. Don't keep it to yourself. Share it with some others who may be similarly encouraged. Yes. Um, sorry, <laughs> you, got, you went off. I didn't know where you were. Also, to, you're invited to ask questions. Any questions that arose along the way, or maybe even some that just came to your mind as we were going through the summary right now. <laughs> we have questions, too. <laughs> yes. And the third invitation here, as you can see on the slide, is to tell your own restora- restoration story. If you like, again, it could be encouraging to others. A testimony of how this became real in your own life. Not just the light bulb moments in your head, but man, I could, this, this can change things for me in terms of how I live. 
We heard some glimpses of restoration last week, didn't we? Some videos about Tov, um, for those of you who had the chance to participate in that. Yes. And we want to invite some more like that if you uh, wish to share. Think yep. three-minute version rather than the 30-minute version, but you, you know what I mean. Yeah. <clears throat> and if you haven't been here before for a Q&A, um, we do do this from time to time, as Tony said. We're off, we often do it at the end of a message series, especially one in which we're hearing lots of feedback from you. And we've been hearing lots of feedback from you um, so far this year. Um, we do this in part because we recognize that our voices, Tony's and my voices, aren't the only voices that can speak these truths or tell the stories. And also because the words on their own. For us to stand up here and say the words, we need that. But on their own, words aren't real until they become real in our lives, right? So we need to hear how this is happening in our faith community, how we're not only hearing the message, but we're embodying it as well. Um, and we just need to hear how it's happening here. So today is an opportunity for us to do just that. And the next question is, who would like to be first? If you are joining us online, we have the chat box uh, box yep. open on, on YouTube, so you can uh, ask for oh, we questions. <laughs> you knew I wasn't going to remember that, right? <laughs> and we'll monitor that as well. But um, and we have a microphone that would be passed around here in the room. Yes. And it, the ideal is to make Jeff run far and fast. <laughs> so my plan is to take somebody here and then on the other end as soon as possible so we can see how much speed you can exhibit. Yes. Thank you so much. Way there, it's working. There they <laughs> Thank you. Oh, hi. Good morning. My name is Helene, and I'm very new to Hosanna Church. Welcome. <laughs> Yay. Uh, I, I couldn't believe it in a way when the opportunity to ask a question came up, because I, I have a question about a scripture verse, and um, it's been on my heart for a very long time. And Tony, and your name again? Joanne. Joanne. Uh, I'm apologizing first because I don't have the, the scripture in my hand to say where it is, but I think when That's I... That's okay, we have it all memorized. You have it all, the whole Bible memorized. You've got it memorized. I knew you would say room. that. And so I feel confident to just share the scripture from my memory. It's the scripture where Jesus is speaking and he's saying, do you think I have come for peace? No, I have not. I have come for division. I have come to divide mother-in-law against mother, father-in-law against, uh, father against son. And you know the one I mean. And it goes on a little further, just naming family connections. And I must have read that. And I've been walking with the Lord Jesus Christ for 47 years. Wow. Yeah. And I can't solidly get that into my heart and rest in it. Like, I'm not trying to say it bothers me to the point where I, it affects my Christian walk, because it doesn't. However, it does affect me in the sense that I've never gotten a good answer. Mm. And uh, it's funny because just last night when I was praying, I actually wrote this question down in my own words. I would write it different than I speak it, of course. 
and I send it away to a Bible center to <laughs> ask them. No guarantees we're going to say. And I just mailed the envelope this morning. <laughs> no, I know you. I'm not putting you on the spot with that comment. I'm just putting that out there to show you how that was right in the middle of my thoughts. And then my husband and I came to Hosan this morning, and the, uh -huh. the word went out. Do you have a question? Yes. And my hand was up quickly. So there it is. Uh, and if you want me to say any part of that again, I'll be glad to. Now, at, okay. at, first of all, of thank you, Helene, yes. for being so brave. Yes. For, you know, the second time you're here to yes. ask a question. Well, I have never been backward like about being forward. Uh, <laughs> you know what? I can tell already that you're part of our tribe. <laughs> So there it is. I won't say any more, but I appreciate that you gave me that chance. I'm, I'm bold in the Lord. Yeah. But I, I, need, I know you're not from like the Bible uh, University, but if you could just give me some insight. I'm open. I'm teachable. Well, I'm a student. First, I would say the question's very appropriate to the topic. Oh, because, is it? Because we've been talking all year, which you haven't heard all of that except the summary. Yes. But we're talking about the oneness that God created everything in and how sin is the fragmenting, disordering thing that entered into disrupt the wholeness. Right. So it's a good question Thank because you. you're say you're wondering about, wait a minute, if Jesus is here to bring reconciliation and restoration for all, why would and I'd have to look the Greek word up for division to make I think sure. it's in Matthew. Right, but the, the word to bring division, we don't always know from no. the English words what the, 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 Greek, the Greek would be uh, in this sense. And, and that's why, I, since I'm going to throw it over to Tony because I'm sure he's got it. I've got a thought, but I'm sure you've got like a full response to this already. Oh, well. Well, listen, <laughs> uh, thank you. I'm going to hand this mic back to the gentleman that gave it to me. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my, my immediate response was going to be this verse shows up in nearly every list of the tr problem passages of Jesus. Yeah. And whenever I encounter one of them, I have a, I have a strategy that I use successfully every single time, which is to do this. I knew that, Joanne? I knew, I knew that's <laughs> I was trying to do it right back to you. I'll take a stab at it, and I'll say this. I have an idea, too. Okay, well, then I'll start since okay. you threw that to me. And you know how dangerous that is, because I think Helene and I could talk for the next three hours. Okay, but all to say... There's a difference between the division that sin, sin brings, which is divisive and corrosive and disrupts wholeness, and the kind of clarity that's needed. I'm he I hear Jesus in that passage saying, I've come to bring clarity. It may seem to the Pharisees, which it did, that he was trying to divide. That was, he's trying to wake people up, that song we sang this morning about reviving, awakening, to see what's really true. Where are we really standing? So that he's coming even within families because at that time, families were an object of worship almost. And in some ways, for some Christians today, that, that's true as well. But he's saying each one, to me, each person, regardless of the relationship, we have a choice about where we're gonna stand. So he's clarifying, this is the kingdom of God, uh, uh, and he, where he says, you've heard it said, you've been taught this, but I say to you. I think that's what he's saying, that it's not an attempt to actually divide 
in a way that's like sin does. It's actually a way to bring clarity so people can make choices to come together. Okay, so in a broad sense, that's what I would say. What would you say? Something similar. Mm-hmm. I think there's a number of places where Jesus says similar things. This guy says, come, says, hey, I want to follow you, Jesus, but let me go home and bury my father and mother first, or let me go home and take care of things. Yeah. And he says, no, you you, you got to come with me. you got to make a choice. Yep. If we do not make a choice for Jesus, with Jesus, we will settle for the muddiness that sin has created in, this, in the universe all along. Mm-hmm. That's the default. That's what we've grown up in. That's what we've inherited. And so this, this choice to follow Jesus and be restored to God is going to have to require some courage. Yeah. It's going to require us to step out of that and do it differently. And yeah. which means that there will be those who will not join us in that. And there will be those who will oppose us in that. Mm-hmm. And some of them will be people that we love. Now, it doesn't mean that we have to bring a sword and slash them. Christians got confused about this for centuries. Right. It simply means we need to be bold enough to be able to receive this invitation of grace, even if the people around us do not yep. and do not understand. Yeah, and as you're saying that, that would also help with a, what seems to be a contradiction. When Jesus said, a house divided against itself can't stand. Okay, the house, the family, why would he then be saying, I've come to separate family members if a house divided against itself can't stand? Because there's one house that he's talking about, and that, that those who are going to make the choice to uh, align themselves with him, with, to, to step out of the kingdom of this world into the kingdom of our God. It's that house is the house of God that he's being concerned about. Not trying to divide within that, but make very clear this distinction that Tony was just mentioning between was capital S sin and capital L love. And what does that look like? I don't know. Is that helpful? Okay. <laughs> every choice. Every yeah, choice every is choice bring matters. divisions of behavior. I don't, I don't know, Jeff. I don't know if we want to hear from her. Hear from me. <laughs> Joanne and I could talk for three hours, yes. too. <laughs> or longer. <laughs> I, uh, her question, it was like, oh my word, this just fits into where I've been in the last few weeks. One of my closest friends from high school, her 96-year-old father committed suicide two weeks ago. My sister-in-law, who was cured from cancer, is now suffering because the chemo has really damaged her lungs beyond repair. And um, I've never been close with my family. I come from a really dysfunctional family, and we sort of just tolerate each other. So I do, I, I have a point to this. So I felt like I was put in the middle of all of these things. I also have a directee that meets with me regularly whose husband is abusive to her. But now, he's doing things to harm himself physically to have her attention. It's just crazy. So one of the things in listening to messages and messages for the last 30 years is I can't fix any of it, but I can be a vessel of love. And for my sister-in-law, who messaged me last week, is I, I have no hope anymore. This is so hard. 
God just put this word into me and I just typed it back and said, I have hope for you. And she messaged me back and said, I love you. She's been part of my family for 50 years and that's the first time she has said that to me. My friend's family is torn apart by their father's suicide. So again, I find myself in the middle, just being, you know, talk to me. We'll talk about forgiveness. We'll talk about love. We'll talk about it's not your fault that he chose to take his life. And the other person, there's, you know, the biggest epiphany for me is I can't fix any of it, but God can heal and bring reconciliation. And I want to be that voice yeah. for them that they need to hear now. Yeah. Thanks, Julie. Yeah. All right. I had about three thoughts cross my mind, and I've lost them all. So if they, <laughs> they come wandering back in, I'll grab them up again. Thank you, Julie. Gordon. Oh, I know what one of them was. This might be a helpful. I, I love the way you worded that, Julie, about you. I have hope for you. Uh, one of the phrases that I found sometimes helpful in my own ministry, and if it's helpful to you with people that you're dealing with, is sometimes I'll say, I realize right now you don't have any hope of your own that you're carrying. I'll carry a little bucket of hope for you until you can carry it yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, and to come alongside somebody and bring the hope that we have in Christ. Mm-hmm. We've read the end of the story. We know how this works out. Yeah. We carry that hope, and sometimes we, when other people can't, we carry it for them. And it's a, we can't fix it. Mm-hmm. But man, what a wonderful gift that is. Yeah. And then at some point they say, no, I'm, I'm good now. I can take it and run with it. Yeah. Thanks. Gordon. Alrighty. So I have two things. First of all, I just want to say that's a really, really, really cool picture with the cloud that kind of looks like a heart. Mm-hmm. I just really like that image. Mm-hmm. Joanne picked that one. <laughs> and yeah, I feel like it kind of speaks to a lot of what we've been learning about kind of, mm-hmm. but um, as for me, I just wanted to say just this past spiritual season for me has been so intense, and I don't know why. <laughs> it's just been like a lot of foreign concepts to me coming to light, and mm-hmm. um, like I think I talked to Tony about it with like kind of feeling this call to lament because mm-hmm. the day that you guys were talking about it, the past Thursday, the worship night at my campus, they were talking about it. And I was like, I've never thought about this before. And then mm-hmm. things like like thinking about solitude and thing like a topic like like the quote that you guys said about let our souls catch up with us. It was just a lot of these concepts that mm-hmm. I've never really thought of before and never really acted on before. And so that's been kind of comforting because like it means that I'm growing, which is always good. Like I like to feel, I think that's just the athlete in me. I like to feel growth and see growth. It's like a very visual thing for me. Yeah. So that's been really cool. And then the last thing, I guess there's three things, sorry. But the last thing was I, I feel like through this process and just through some things that have been happening at my school, I've been 
really thinking about the whole idea of like the um, that song canvas and canvas and clay, mm-hmm. and it's like based on the scripture about that like where the canvas and the clay and like I forget the exact scripture, but like that God is like the sculptor and we're the clay and yeah. like I just kind of realized that it takes more than just a day to do that process. Like mm-hmm. it takes so long to make art like that. And yeah. for one, being comforted and knowing that God is taking that time with me and everybody individually to make us in his image and unique in his image. Yeah. And also realizing that it's okay if I'm a little messy because I'm also just a work in progress. And yes. kind of accepting that imperfection as what it is and it's art. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thanks, Gordon. Oh. I wanted to give Jeff a break. <laughs> I have a couple of questions and I, I've been thinking about these a lot through this whole series but we talk about restoration and we talk about hope and we talk about you know miracles and, mm. and praising God and how blessed we are but aren't we blessed when God doesn't answer our prayers the way we want them answered yes. and, and you know somebody else carries hope for you and at the same time, when you're in that deep, dark place, yes. God is there. How do we see God there? Yes. And when we hear this, oh, I'm so blessed. God answered my prayer. I'm so blessed because it worked out the way yes. I wanted it. Exactly. And yeah. then it leaves me feeling like, hmm, am I not blessed? Yes. So it's kind of woven in that. And yeah, I'm stirring up. Things. All right. <laughs> no. Thank you. Thank you, Sharon. Um, I've had, and I don't know if Tony has, I can't speak for him, but I've had quite a few conversations over the last several months with quite a few of you. Um, various versions of wait a minute, dark is bad, light is good, God is light. When I'm in the dark, depressed, some of these things, like what you're saying, situation. Why isn't God doing something good for me? You know, it must be that I'm doing something wrong. All of those kinds of conversations. What's been helpful, and so I'm going to offer this to you and to everyone, because it was helpful for me to notice that you know, in the beginning when we were talking about what Genesis says in one and two, but particularly in chapter one, um, in the beginning God created you know, the heavens and the earth. And there was the unformed void, you know, that gets translated a lot of ways, but the darkness covered the surface. And then God comes, the spirit comes, breathes on the surface and forms everything from the unformed, what's unformed or chaos. Okay, so notice something. There was darkness there. And then God creates, you know, the day and the night, the light and the darkness, let there be light. And the morning and the evening were the first day. And he goes on and on and on and on. <clears throat> Gets down to like verse 31 or 32. And God 
steps back and looks at everything that God, that everything that's been created and says, behold, it's very good. Doesn't that include the darkness? See, and that's where a lot of Christians get confused. And I think we said in more detail as we were teaching through this first part this year, there is a darkness that entered, the darkness of death, in the, of spiritual death that entered, that has nothing to do with God. That's what separates us and all. That's true. But there's a good darkness. There's a tove darkness. If you think about how did God create, you know, us, us, all of us were once in the darkness of our mother's wombs. Gestating. What about seeds planted in the ground? Jesus has talks about that, one of the parables. A seed falls into the ground and breaks open and out comes the life, the growth, the development. Chicks and eggs, butterflies or caterpillars in cocoons. The transformation that happens in a holy darkness, which is, we've got to recover that. The Christians early on, we're talking early centuries of Christianity, they understood all of this. And we've lost it along the way because we somehow got this idea that sin equals darkness equals bad, evil. And light equals God equals goodness. You know, there is a darkness in which that God uses in our lives. So back to you and your question or your noticing. Sometimes others don't understand that these times of darkness are necessary in our lives because old things need, seasons change. Like one day turns to the next day because of the dark, the night. So there are night experiences that we have spiritually that are absolutely necessary so that we can continue to grow and develop and deepen down into the, the, the roots you know, of Christ. Our roots go down in Christ so that then when day comes again, my gosh, we'll see how much we've grown, more fruit can be produced through our lives. Does this make sense? To recover this is so necessary right now. That's one of the main restoration pieces that our world is looking for because we're so black, white, night, day. You know, wait a minute. There's good, dark, there's also bad light, meaning unremitting light causes a desert. Unending, it, are, am, am I communicating? So it's more of getting into the mystery, and this is, this is not Christianity 101. We need that. All those basics are important so that we can move into the next stage of understanding that goes a whole lot deeper. Make sense? Helpful? Yeah. Somebody had posted online and it was lovely and then it disappeared. Um, is it gone or is it just my screen? So it's okay if you decide to change your mind or whatever, you know who, who you are, but if I thought it was lovely and I love to share it if you wanted to repost it, so. Yeah, I'm, I'm impressed you can do that at the same time we're doing this. <laughs> I, can, I can pat my head and rub my stomach. <laughs> Only after some practice. <laughs> <laughs> Kathy, um, someone not known for questions. No, this is <laughs> this is not a question. 
Oh, is this a testimony? Oh, yes. Oh, go for it, girl. So I want to look at everybody. Yeah. My restoration story is very, it feels really quiet, <laughs> which is not like me. But um, those of you who've known me for a long time know that I have railed against my evangelical background. Mm -hmm. And the bad theology has deeply wounded me. However, I'm actually living now at my advanced age where I'm something, I'll, I'll, briefly, this just briefly, just an example of what's happening. And it feels like a seed that's been germinating for a long time mm -hmm. through a lot of different kinds of pain over the years. But what comes into my head, like this past week, was a chorus from those old days. And I have not thought of that chorus for decades. And that it goes, things are different now. And immediately, I was like, oh, <laughs> oh it's all that, you know, stuff. And it's going to happen. But I can't. So I said, OK, well, what were those words? And I tried really hard. Finally, I really had to search to get them all. Things are different now. Something happened to me when I gave my life to Jesus. I used to sing that, we sang it tons of times, and, but it would bother me, like, well, I gave my life to Jesus when I was two years old, and I don't remember that, but well, some things, things are different now? Okay, I guess they're different. Then it goes on. Um, things are different now. I was changed, past tense, it must be, since I gave my life to him. Things I loved before have passed away. Well, I don't know what that would be. Things I love far more, well, that must be all this spiritual stuff, have come to stay, but they don't. Some days I'm like really you know, godly and spiritual, and other days I am. I get so angry and, you know. Um, and then th things are different now. Something happened to me when I gave my life to him. But it just, those things are different now, because they are. <laughs> so, well, let me, let me just fix it. And so what happened, I'm going to sing it to you. Oh, OK. <laughs> things are different now. Something's happening to me as I learn to trust my Jesus. Things are different now. I'm being changed, it must be, yeah. as I learn to trust my Lord, things I loved before, and I won't go into detail what, about what, what this is mean, but ha are passing away, things I love far more are coming to stay, uh. things are different now. I'm being changed, it must be, as I learn to trust my God. <laughs> oh, wow. The difference in the yes. text that I, it's sinking into me largely through your teaching over the now decades. Mm. It just took, taking a long time, but it's so worth it. Mm. Thank you, Kathy. Wow.
Yes. Wow. Restoration. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Hallelujah. Yes. Wonderful. Beautiful. We have some comments back online here. I've been here with this message. Without darkness, there is no light, and vice versa. Reference to what you were talking about a few moments ago. Contrast is our teacher, as is difficulty. I don't think I learn when I'm comfortable. Question mark, exclamation mark. I am grateful for struggle. I don't like it, but I'm grateful because I am cleansed. Sometimes I create my own dark, and still God is with me. God has me. And this is true for us all. We are one, capital letters, in this. We are one in that we all have this struggle and this contrast. It is good, capital letters, yes. and holy. Yes. Thank you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So true. Yeah. The message I received the last well, day or so. Um, in those times of darkness, when we can't see the answer, the only thing that we have to hold on to is we have to believe God knows what he's doing. Mm -hmm. Yes. And can I add something to that, Karen? Because I think you believe this. God knows what he's doing and God is good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. That's where I've had to come to, to trust it. It's trusting in God, but I'm only willing to trust somebody that, I, that is good, that mm -hmm. is for me, not just with me. That's a transition. That's something that God showed me here just to, within the last couple of years. It's not just God is with me. He's not much use if he's standing in the corner with his arms crossed just watching me go through misery. <laughs> you know, it's, God is for me, mm -hmm. not just with me. Yeah. And, that's, and that changed. Yeah. And thanks, because that actually touches back into the beginning, I think, too, and the hurry sickness. And it, there's a book called Slow Church, which we go back and forth on about whether to do a, a, an adult class with that book. But the premise is, what lasts longest is slowest. What tastes best, like food? that's slow, cooked slowly over hours and hours rather than fast food. Um, the idea is God is in time but beyond time. God isn't rushed. God knows how long it takes. You know, you plant a seed, it takes a while for a tree. You get a little sapling and it grows with rings around it. God's not impatient. God, it's not like God is up there looking at us, like tapping the divine foot, saying, and when are you people going to get on with this? That's what we, we, that's what we think. So we think God acts that way. There are times, yes, when God breaks in and wants something to happen. But we, we want that moment, and we want it now. And we're part of a culture that is just so much about instant gratification. And we want it now. And if, and if we don't get it within two, three days max, you know, so many of us are, the doubt that sets in, the questions that start to come. But when we recognize God understands from the big, big picture, the timing that isn't Kronos clock ticking time, tick, 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 tick. 
God understands Cairo's time, the appointed moments, the th when, those moments when all the pieces fall into place because all the people involved have made the choices that need to be made because a lot of times things aren't happening in our lives because there might be a system or there might, <laughs> usually there's a system or the peop there's people who are not in a cooperating, not cooperating with grace, let's put it that way. But there's those moments when, and God knows when those are, and somehow he's able to hold all of that and hold us. And if we will come to know the presence of the slow God, not just the fast God, the slow God, oh my word, yes, the trust that can build because we know that God's not withholding. God's waiting, and we can wait with God. And it's kind of fun when you know there isn't anything God's asking you to do. You can wait. You can do all kinds of fun things then. Go enjoy creation, take up a hobby, read a good book, go visit with people, you know, come to church on a Sunday morning and ask questions, whatever it might be. Because there's not a fear or an anxiety. This is the God who's with us always like Tony said, so I would add that. It's beautiful stuff, thank you, thank you. How we doing? Oh my goodness, maybe a couple more. Thoughts, questions, stories. My apologies, it looks like the live stream ended oh, prematurely, no. I'm sorry. No, well you didn't do it. We believe in resurrection. <laughs> we say nothing is impossible with God. As I've shared, I know sometimes with you before, often I come to church and God's already working in that area. And then there's other times I'm trying to figure out what he's telling me. But this whole series, if I go back to November, I became that magical age where I'm on top of the hill. <laughs> and many are asking why I still work. And uh, what I began questioning to God in my mind was, I know I'm too busy. Mm -hmm. And the question of doing versus being. Mm -hmm. And two paths have kind of opened up. Actually three, because I became a grandfather, which added a whole other uh -huh. <laughs> yes. But one of those was, um, and I'm a high C on the disc scale. So I created this beautiful grid of all the things I'm doing, trying to rank it that maybe it would help God show me which way or what I should drop out. But as I ranked everything, it's like, well, I think God let me here. God let me here. I'm enjoying doing it. So why and how did I give that up? Mm -hmm. So I haven't gotten anywhere with that chart yet. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but I think in time God will. But what has happened and what has been restored, I serve in a very tough battleground and have always felt to be a light in the darkness, and of course that's in my school board service. And at times I was very, uh, maybe angry to really worked up with some of the issues that this world is facing, and it's become very prevalent within the school realm. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just knew that I can't be so firm and uh, say things in disgust or anger and I really had a change of heart that God was leading me through to where 
I really need to be able to express myself in love. And from the part of expressing my why, I've said this or said that from a point of love and grace. And really concentrating, bring it down to the individual student level saying, we've got to address every student's need, love every student regardless of who or what they may think they are, mm -hmm. and all the other issues that are out there. And really have had a change to the point where I publicly made some statements that I got some jaw droppings, mm -hmm. and yet were expressed in love, and I was complimenting. I'm thinking, okay, God, you're really leading me the right way. Yeah. And and really, it's what's the things that are still on the horizon to face. Mm -hmm. You know, how do I express myself? How do I share that light that's in me? Mm -hmm. To do it with love and grace, and then having a feeling of how do I better take that light and share it in the world. Mm -hmm. And, you know, is it through my school board activity or is it through some other avenue that maybe will tie back to my large grid of things I do and don't do? Yeah. And so my restoration is not complete, but a part of it really, God has led me and showed me, you got to share it with love. Yeah. Got to share it with love. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Tim. Wow. Yeah, as you're talking... I'm seeing uh, an image of people who are like going into mines, gold mines, diamond mines, going into the darkness. And then the scripture that just came to mind was, is it Ezekiel, Isaiah, I'm not sure which one, one of the prophets that says, basically, trust me, I'll give you the treasures that are found in darkness. See. There's a holiness, there's a holy darkness in which we don't know. We don't know. We, you know, there, we get to know a lot of things, but we're limited humans, and we can't know everything like God knows. But that's where the trust that I, you know, one of the themes this morning, the trust that comes in to say, when we're in a dark place, one of the things we need to do is discern. Is this the darkness? of evil or of sin? If so, God, you're here with me, but what, how would you have me what, you know, respond to this? If this is a holy darkness, then what we can expect is growth, but we can expect to receive the treasures that are found in that darkness, that you're going to come out with wisdom. You're going to come out with clarity. You're going to come out with something you didn't have in there. But so much is about the attitude, the stance that we take. Is it love or not? And I hear you're being changed in love, you know? And to be more and more like Christ, more and, more and more like God. But I, yeah, will that be finished in this lifetime? I agree with you. I don't think we're ever, ever gonna get there completely until the very end, right? But how beautiful, because there seems to be a peace about you now. I've known you for a long time, and there has been this underneath anxiety always. You seem very much at peace. Yeah, still pops up, but still growth in the fruit of the Spirit. It's beautiful. But discernment is so important, because it's not that there isn't right or wrong. There is. 
But once we know that, again, Christianity 101, once we know what's right and wrong, and the more that we grow in love for God and experience God's love for us, the less and less we want to do what's wrong. So right around midlife, there's usually a shift when you start talking about our formation spiritually as Christians. There's usually a shift from always using that, and this is what Jesus talking to the Pharisees, always using that right and wrong. This is what they were saying, the legalistic external rules. This is do this, do that. Be outward behavior. So we don't want to sin. Remember little plural, little s, the behaviors. And Jesus said, don't judge by outward appearances. Judge righteously. Judge righteous judgment. What does that mean? Discern in a way that you can, yes, yeah, sometimes it's not about something overt as I just broke a rule. What about when you're not breaking rules? What about when you're actually living as much as you can for Christ? Then what is the discernment of a mature Christian? What brings life and what brings death? That's Genesis with the tree. What are we going to eat from? What, uh, how are we going to discern? And that's what I hear you doing. And sorry, that's a lot of words, but thank you for that. I mean, wow, the threads here are amazing, the way everything's connecting. Well, how are we? Okay. I don't know if there's one more person. We have six minutes. Well, we've got we've got a, a blessing and something that. else. So we're, I'm going to stop there and thank you, thank you all for sharing. This was amazing, amazing. Although once in a while we might be able to break a rule and go past eleven o'clock. Yeah, we do that sometimes, yeah. <laughs> but we try not to make a habit of it. <laughs> yeah. Before we close the service today, Joanne and I have an announcement to bring to you. They add to the ones from earlier. Yep. And uh, you are extraordinary people. That's the announcement. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you are. Let me, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll illustrate. I'll explain a little bit. Since the beginning of the year, um, a number of you have come to various ones of us on staff with a question. When will Sean Erb, our former worship pastor, be uh, allowed to join the worship team again and use his gifts, his musical gifts. Mm -hmm. Like the rest of us who are probably broken but called and have are, are gifted. And uh, came from some surprising voices in some, mm -hmm. sometimes and it was a good question. We last talked about that with you uh, over a year ago, 13 months ago, and we just, we just let it hang. Um, just waiting to see what God would do and mm -hmm. where you were and we knew that if there was a nudge in that direction, we, we'd wait for the right timing. And so that was kind of a nudge. So we began conversations and we talked with Sean and Jill and the incredible freedom they have to do or not do. And we talked to the worship team because they would be the ones most affected by this and a good extended conversation. We talked with the staff. And then we had uh, this meeting here maybe six weeks ago now where we said, hey, we could use your help as a congregation. You give us feedback on something. And that's what it was. Here was the amazing thing about this. There were caveats and cautions about process and structure and logistics and all of that as, as very appropriate. But the consistent message, one conversation after another, was so filled with grace. Yes. What we heard again and again is 
Um, and for you who are new and don't know the story, that's okay. But um, Sean has a story and we know it, but we also know he's hung in here with us, which is almost unheard of. Yeah. And he's doing his hard work and um, like the rest of us, he's got his stuff and he'll have to keep working at his stuff, but um, we, need, we need him to be exercising his gifts. Again, not a single dissenting voice. By the way, if, you had if we had come to a different answer with that same attitude, that would have been just as fine, too. It was the attitude that was just incredible. I don't know of a church that can do this kind of stuff mm -hmm. the way you guys do it. It was astonishing. So um, we invited Sean to rejoin the worship team, not as a leader, mm -hmm. bring his guitar, bring his voice, and... Mm -hmm. stand alongside his son who's playing the drums and um, yeah. gave him some time to think about that and he, he said yes, he'd like to do that. Yeah. So that will happen when, when Sean the, will be part of the worship team, team going forward. Yeah, the leaders and worship team decide. But yeah. Yeah. Thank you for applauding that too. It's just a, it's a beautiful story. And if you're uncomfortable in any way with it, that's <laughs> that's, that's part of it. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the mix. This is hard stuff. Yep. And we don't always know how to do it exactly perfectly, and we didn't. No. Nope. And yet there was grace for that too. That's why I just yep. I just thank you for being the kind of people that you are. Yep. Even when we make mistakes, if we can do it with grace, then um, then we, we we are living out the heart of God. So. Yep. Yes. Amen. Sorry, I'm having a moment. I did not know. I mean, you just hold things. When you're a leader, you just, you know, you have your preferences, but we don't force decisions on anybody. You matter. We together as one. And to be in meetings and then in the feedback meeting where we were listening to you, where almost everything that was voiced is, well, everything that was voiced, even though there were, you know, nuances, was about restoration. It's about, isn't this what we're about? Isn't this what Christ has done for all of us? I, have, I never knew that this was going to happen, but that the invitation came from all of you, and that's the way it was given to, to Sean and Jill. And they had a choice to say yes or no. How beautiful is that? So thank you. We're going to close with a blessing. And... Uh, I'll read it, and you can pray along with me, or re just receive. We'll continue to receive this blessing from God. Blessed are you who bear the light in unbearable times, who testify to its endurance amid the unendurable, who bear witness to its persistence when everything seems in shadow and grief. Blessed are you in whom the light lives, in whom the brightness blazes, your heart a chapel, an altar where in the deepest night can be seen the fire that shines forth in you in unaccountable faith, in stubborn hope, in love that illumines every broken thing it finds. Amen? Amen. Yes, go out and be it. Let's go be it this week. Amen? Amen. Amen. Wow.